Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you, Natasha? Excellent, excellent, so excited to be here. I well, Natasha, thank you so much for joining me for Conversations with the Pros. I thought you'd be such a nice asset to have on this show because I love your journey from professional dancer into fitness professional and like really intertwining those. So I'd love to dive into all of that. But why don't we get started? You're the expert of you. Give us a nice introduction about like who you are and also where your journey really has led you. Yeah, so I'm Natasha. I started out as a competition kid. I didn't start ballet until I was 13. And luckily enough, I had some phenomenal instructors who put so much time and energy into my training because by the time I was 16, I was dancing in the pre-professional division of a professional ballet company. And it happened really quickly because at the age of 21, I was performing principal roles with the ballet company. Um, fast forward a few more years, I got married and then we were struggling with some infertility issues. And during that time I was in a very negative headspace. And so I knew that I needed to take a time away to focus on my mental health. And during that time I was staying active so that I could return to the stage. And that's when I started diving into the fitness industry. I was a balanced body Pilates instructor, so I kept teaching my Pilates classes. I started teaching bar fitness as well as Zumba fitness. So I was still getting like that dance, that movement quality in there, but I had this um, amazing sense of community and positivity um, as well as my body image, like just started improving as well. So I've seen all these improvements and then um, I knew that I wanted to continue that and after I was blessed with two amazing kiddos, during my pregnancy, I had a huge respect for my body and all of the things that it's capable of. So I had this different perspe um, perspective of myself and everybody else surrounding me. I knew that um, my, my break then turned into a retirement. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was a little bit bittersweet because I never returned to the stage. So I never really knew that my final bow was my final bow. But I don't regret the decision because now I'm committed to teaching the younger generation um, and maybe possibly, hopefully having a much more positive experience that will increase the longevity of their career. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much of your story hits home for me. 
on so many different aspects in regard to uh, going through infertility struggles, going through pregnancy, having these perspective shifts in regards to, and I kind of want to dive into this in regards to a changing body, um, relationships with food. So just to backtrack a little bit, when you were dancing and you started like what seems like on, on the bit of a later side, but you had great training. So you kind of were able to move through that fast track. Um, was there a point during that where you made connections between like, hey, what I'm putting into my body is going to have some type of impact on my dancing? Um, unfortunately, and, and um, fortunately, very early on. Mm. Um, but as, as the positive side of that, um, I was a little bit later and, and got in touch with um, a nutritionist um, as far as like nutri the nutrition side and what we're eating that was um, brought in to play very early just from peepers. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, so basically understanding that fueling your body was going to have an impact on your performance, on your energy levels. And I'm sure this has been taken with you in your fitness profession, right? And and just your work that you do with dancers and cross training, how are you able to uh, integrate those ideas in regards to encouraging that your dancers have a very whole and balanced approach so that it enhances their work, their cross training work? Uh, okay, so I have a scope of expertise yes. and um, nutrition and fueling your body is not my expertise. And I will, and I will, I tell my dancers that right away. And I, and I think, and I hope that more people are okay with that, that that is not what I'm trained in. Um, it's so important to fuel your body, drink tons of water, eat when you're hungry. Like if, if you feel um, that imbalance and you're kind of struggling, then go, go see someone who like you, yourself is able to help you. Um, but as far as balance, that's when I bring in my fitness. So I love teaching ballet and the contemporary for quality of movement. But then when they want to get higher extensions and things like that, we kind of break it down more in the fitness side of that. Um, so that's when I start bringing in my Pilates training. So similar to fueling your body, I like to fuel their body with exercise-based um, workouts so that they don't feel that burnout and you get that balance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so spot on in regard to scope of practice. It's the same for me in the sense of cross training and exercise is not my scope of practice. And when a dancer comes to me for nutrition training, it's important as a clinician that I have those resources to provide them with. And I know how important it is for a lot of dance educators, especially to have those resources, have resources like yourself in regards to uh, knowing that they're pointing dancers to someone who's going to help them cross train and also help them do so in a very sustainable way. And that involves pointing to all types of resources to support a dancer's training, dietitians, therapists, uh, fitness professionals, and so forth. So yeah, completely agree. I have that too in my realm as well. Um, so talk to us about, you know, what a day in life is now in regards to owning your own business, working with dancers. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, 
just it's a lot as you know like being a mother there's so many balls that we're juggling just in motherhood um so i get up early like a day in the life i get up um before my kids get up hopefully and um i have my private lessons where we work one-on-one -on -one. um we always start with like a little chat i i ask them what their concerns are dance wise and then we just break it down and isolate whatever they're kind of concerned about and then i work on my website or i have a blog where i bring in phenomenal guest speakers like yourself who <laughs> can bring some insight other than the performance and fitness-based side of things. And then um, I take my kids to school. And during that time, I'm either doing master classes virtually or teaching my one-on-ones. And then I pick them up. And then I kind of have like five hours because they're done at school at 1130. So we have like mm -hmm. five hours of just mom time. Mm -hmm. After I put them to sleep, which like was about 10 minutes ago, then I'm doing things like this, like outreach and yes. um, more private lessons, master classes, kind of gym. Yeah. Ooh, uh, totally, totally feel like I'm on the same page, except for sometimes waking up before my kids is so hard. My kids just wake up so early. I don't know. <laughs> They're like up by 6 a.m., but um, they've got a bit of a longer day. My son is four and a half, so his day is a bit longer in school, which is like definitely helpful to get things done. But just that balance, honestly, and I know you can relate in regards to um, mom life and, you know, needing to focus on a business. So like when I went to school to become a dietitian, and I bet you can relate to this, I, I didn't know that I would also be handling like the financial stuff, the administration, the website. And I just feel like I wear a zillion different hats. Do yes. you feel the same way? Yes. Um, I, I have never been very tech savvy and everything that I, 95% of my classes and my courses are virtual. So it's been a huge learning curve and I've always enjoyed learning, but this is not something that I thought that I would be venturing into, um, like the website and coding. I'm like, okay, we're, we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> I feel like dancers, we're really good at evolving. Yes. So we know we're going into dance knowing that this career is very short lived mm -hmm. and it's kind of thinking on our toes. If an injury happens, what am I going to do? If uh, this company folds because funding is always limited, what am I going to do? So we're always thinking of the plan B. So I feel like we're, we're pretty good at navigating the challenges that come for us. Yeah, hundred percent. And just like even in the studio, you know, taking from how we are in the studio, which is you're basically being thrown a new combination, whatever might be new, new choreography and, even if it's something as small as just a bar combination, needing to just really like pick it up. I think one thing we learn as dancers, like you said, is when something's thrown our way, we know how to work with it, right? We know how to not simply just reject it, but instead really take it, run with it, make it our own. And I think that as a business owner, and I'm sure you can relate, that's helped me uh, just really build to the point nutrition and, and you know work with the tools that you have. Yes, 100%. And one of the questions that kind of um, confuses me is when people are like, okay, where do you see this going? Or where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I did not see myself here. <laughs> I never saw myself here. But I try not to set those trajectory goals. Like I, I don't know where I see myself in five years. I'm just letting the landscape of what's evolving happen because um, 
Zoom wasn't around five years ago, to my knowledge, and um, neither was being able to teach in my basement to someone who's living in Europe. <laughs> like, so I am just letting life unfold, and I'm just listening to my audience, listening to myself, and just trying to go with the flow. A hundred percent. And COVID was a big wake-up call for that, for all of us, whether in the dance industry, fitness industry, nutrition industry, whatever it might be, pretty much every industry was impacted by COVID-19. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you, how did that go? How was quarantine for you? And, uh, you know, how are things now, not necessarily post-COVID, but as we kind of move back into a new normal? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where, when my business started. Mm -hmm. So on social media, I was on Instagram at that time. And then when COVID hit March of 2020, uh, our city was on lockdown. Everything shut down. My uh, ballet school that I taught for closed its doors and they were just trying to kind of evaluate and see where to go from there. We didn't end up going back into the studio for, I think it was a, almost a year. So we were doing virtual learning, but there was four weeks where we weren't, um, we weren't doing virtual learning yet. We were kind of mm -hmm. like, let's wait, wait and see. So during those four weeks, I started teaching on lives. I started teaching on live um, Instagram and TikTok because I was like, all of these kids, like I, I could relate all of these young children who 18 years old, it's young to me. Okay. All of these yeah. students are trying to reach this goal that they've worked so hard for, and they're not able to train properly right now. And it just like pulled at my heartstrings. So I was like, let's offer them some classes and uh, get them moving, even if they're at home. And then one thing led to another and I saw a demand and then my, um, online, classes and intensives and, and courses happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, COVID-19 helped to bridge the gap between like the tech <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? Like really forcing our generation into uh, needing to understand and utilize, which by the way, like you said earlier, you can teach a class to someone who is in Europe. I mean, that's incredible. That's amazing. That brings all of the work that you do, all of the work that I do, accessibility to so many dancers worldwide, yes. which in the past has been such a huge problem uh, in regards to what I do with educating about disordered eating and the risks, the risks of restrictive eating and helping to reduce, you know, the risk of eating disorders among dancers. Just bringing that awareness has helped from what I've heard so many dancers in regards to saying like, I didn't realize that counting calories was not helping me. Like I didn't realize like this was a disordered behavior for you in your realm, obsessive behaviors around exercise that are not helping a dancer that are in fact leading them to injury. You know what I mean? So, so just that awareness has just been so incredible and it's been really um, forced and pushed through COVID. Yes. And like you said, there's so many more resources at dancers' fingertips where I grew up in a smaller town. And so resources were pretty limited, um, especially in your line of field. So mm -hmm. um, who, who I saw was the same person that um, someone else saw that wasn't kind of in line with my um, same situation. So with all of these resources, there comes some 
bad, bad um, advice, maybe. Totally. I just want dancers to be really hypervigilant of the information that they're allowing to come in. Because I, I see the positive side of it, to, to be able to see professionals like yourself, but then also they're seeing um, someone who doesn't have as much background kind of feeding them information as well. So check your yeah. resources and make sure that, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. It is so important. There are pros and cons to social media, to having that accessibility. I agree with you. I'm definitely an optimistic person where I can focus on, on the pros, but it's so good for dancers to have that awareness, especially because in today's day and age, anyone can technically call themselves something. You know what I mean? Like anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Anyone can call themselves a fitness professional, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's very, um, there's gray lines in so many different industries. And I think it's important for dancers to just make sure that they're getting the advice. And especially when it comes to the, their art in regards to how they're feeling their body, how they're supporting their cross training and their strength. It is so, it's, Sorry, especially also because of the vulnerability that dancers have towards disordered eating and eating disorders. Um, so important to get that information from professionals like myself, like Natasha, and so forth. So yeah, check your credentials, check who follows those professionals, you know, making sure that um, you are following someone who has a license, licensure and, um, you know, everything that could benefit the success and the sustainability is a big word for a dancer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. So Natasha, one question that I love to ask everyone who comes on this show is how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? Oh, a healthy dancer knows when to push themselves and knows when to take a break because everybody is worthy of taking a break and just listen to your body. Yeah. I love that. It's like short and sweet and perfect because one thing that us dancers like to, uh, not like to, but tend to lean towards is a lot of guilt around rest, around taking time off, taking time away from the studio. I know when I was going through infertility struggles before I had my daughter, I could not mentally take dance classes. It was just too difficult. It was just all emotionally too difficult for me. And I think that was like one of the biggest changes I had throughout my life uh, in regards to needing to be like, okay, this is okay. It's okay to like not be in a studio. Now I'm kind of forced because I have two kids at home and just time-wise it's, it's difficult. But when I was going through that, it's, you're, you're really, I had to, to learn how to be okay and how to, you know, reduce that anxiety around not being in a studio, not doing as much as, you know, that little voice in the back of your brain is telling you. Yes, there was never a vacation that I went on that I didn't have my point shoes, my ballet shoes. Yes, Something yeah. Like, since being like, I could not go on a weekend trip without um, taking a class on vacation. And so I came back stronger than ever when I did allow myself to take a break because then I came back with a different mentality. My um, quality of movement was better because I was actually enjoying it and mm -hmm. my reflection differently. So taking time away is crucial and it's not detrimental to your career. Yeah. I don't know if you feel, if you can relate in this way, but I also find that now just that I don't have the pressure on myself in regards to when I'm taking class, where I'm taking class, I feel like I dance better 
just knowing that, and I was actually, I think it was something that you posted recently, something you wish you had known earlier on, and it was just to remove and reduce the pressure that you put on yourself, right? Because yes. that's like one of the biggest obstacles. Yes, your mindset is huge. So um, I'm all about like affirmations and manifestation. And so I think I'm a huge believer of what you think comes to life, whether it's like, I can do a double pirouette, and then you do a double pirouette, or mm -hmm. you're there's double pirouette coming out. I'm freaking out. I'm going to, I'm going to fall out of it. And then you fall out of it. So mindset is, is crucial. So yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. And just real quick on that note, before we end, same goes for food. I work on a lot of visualization with dancers when it comes to breaking food fears, or if a dancer comes to me and like they haven't eaten a certain food in quite some time, whether they've, you know, just developed a fear to it because of like what diet culture has told them in regards to it maybe being like just less healthy and so forth. Um, so one thing that we utilize is this work of visualization, which is similar to what you're just referring to, you know, really thinking about how it's going to feel in our body, you know, how, how it will feel if we eat a, an, an amount that feels good, an amount that doesn't feel good. So that work of manifestation, that work of visualization is so helpful, even in the food realm. Yes. Okay. So I do something similar. So when I'm teaching, um, I always say no dancer thinks that they are a good dancer. No good dancer thinks that they are a good dancer because that's how you continue to um, progress. And most yeah. are perfectionists and there's pros and cons of that. And that's for another topic. But um, that's essentially what, what keeps you in improving and preventing that plateau. So you can't walk in. I couldn't walk in as Natasha because I would just be beating myself up. I had to walk in as Svetlana Zakharova. So I would like... <laughs> somebody else and I would have to portray this character and I'm like okay all of these people are here to see me like oh my gosh but before after a performance I'd be like beating myself up and then as far as visualization too when we're when I teach a palma I'm like you have to look at the entire audience not just the house not just the judges if you're a competitive dancer you've got to look up at the balcony and the loge and the third balcony so that you can make eye contact with everybody and um, it brings that performance quality and even in the studio, just um, feeling it, not just head is up, head is tilted. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I'm going to try that. Natasha, thank you so much for joining me tonight. You've given us such wonderful insight. And just, you know, tell us where we can find you, where we can access your resources. Yes, I'm actually most active on my TikTok, which is um, the same name at MissNatashaJ.com. And then um, same with my website, MissNatashaJade.com. I have a winter intensive coming up where I'm bringing in some awesome guest speakers who will be teaching about their realm of expertise um, to become a healthier dancer, both mentally and physically. So we have um, a physical therapist coming on there, a massage therapist who's going to be teaching dancers how to relieve pain. And then I will be doing... Um, some cross training to improve your arabesque, développer à la seconde, pirouettes, balance, core strength, stamina, and more. Love that. So good. Dancers, definitely check out Natasha. Love her resources and everything you're doing. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon.